little touch pass there. Benson waiting, cuts in, he scores! Oh my! Into the middle, holding, back, Toporowski shooting, shot block, got it back, shot, score! Center of pass forward, of stop, shot, back to play, score! In front, Groove scores! Jaden Groove scores the triple overtime winner. Welcome into Pucklandia, the uh, debut episode for the 2022-23 the season, excuse me. Uh, pleased to be joined by Matt Barsley, the general manager of the uh, Spokane Chiefs, as well as my co-host Sean Mullen in Swift Current. Uh, how's how's things going for you out there in Spokane? Yeah, they're going good. Uh, like I said, we've uh, been been in Spokane for about 15 months now. Obviously, last year was our was our first year with Spokane, but uh, uh, getting to know people in the community. Um, yeah, you know, we feel real comfortable here. Uh, we have a uh, we're real fortunate uh, the part of town that we're living in, uh, real close to the school for for our daughter as well as our our son. Um, yeah, so it's you know it's been good. We've made a pretty good adjustment here. It's uh, a real good city, uh, great people to work with and for. Uh, been real fortunate with that. So uh, yeah, enjoying our time so far. I, I've spent lots of time in Spokane over the years after uh, living in the in the Kootenays nearby. So I, I agree with you. It's a beautiful city. It also has a great hockey tradition, um, and it's a team that's been going through a rebuilding phase uh, in the last few years. Where do you see the point that your organization is at as this season's just getting started? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think like for this year, our goal is not only just to make the playoffs, but we need to gain some experience in the playoffs. So. You know, we're going to do whatever we can to to uh, to help our team, help the organization uh, to achieve that goal. Um, obviously, we didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, it was a challenging year, but I think we were a bit realistic with where we were at. Also, considering with you know with the Western League hosting the Memorial Cup, as good as Seattle was, Portland, Tri City had a real good year. We kind of knew where we were at. We were a little bit realistic with it. We always want to win, but. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned a couple of people before we could have added a few players and maybe we would have gained maybe another five wins. I don't know if that would have got us into the playoffs, but certainly what it would have done is probably delayed, you know, what, what our goal is in, in the future as well. So, so our goal this year is, is like I said, not just to make the playoffs, but we want to advance as much or as far as we can to gain that experience. I do believe, um, in the, uh, 24, 25 season, the following year, I think we can compete for the division. And then the following year, 25-26, I think we can compete for the conference, which also happens to be the same year that uh, the Western League is hosting the Memorial Cup again. So so that's uh, that's a bit of our, our goal, our plan. Now we just need to ex- execute the plan. You know, Matt, it seemed like when you when you got to, to Spokane and, and started, uh, you know, t- the, taking the lay of the land of that team, it kind of like some – some classic moves as far as setting yourself up, like you mentioned, for you know down the road and, and trying to acquire assets and, and, and high draft picks and, and, and build you know through the draft is you know do you feel like they've given you you know room as far as being patient with with uh, with how this process is going to play out because it's going to take several years. Yeah, no, I've, I've been real fortunate. We've been fortunate to have support from ownership and uh, from from the top on down of, of what we're trying to do. I think part of it, too, was, was coming in, having a bit of an evaluation, but also having a plan. Uh, so I think, you know, with, with the ownership and with our president, uh, they know that there is a plan in place. Obviously, we have to execute that. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, but I think we, like you said, we've been able to acquire some draft picks um over well basically a lot last year but prior to me even coming i know with uh uh before i came to spokane but there was a couple of you know significant trades that they've made in the past with uh luke toporowski and jack finley and 
and they were and they acquired some picks and some players as well. So, um, you know, that helped kind of maybe start that process. Um, the one thing that we are excited about is over the next three years. So this year, um, in 2025 draft and 2026 draft, uh, we have 20 draft selections in the first four rounds over those three years, and really 16 of them are in in uh, years 25 and 26. So. Um, it gives us flexibility that we can add players with those picks uh, without sacrificing uh, the draft itself. You know, we still want to continue to, to be consistent with that. Uh, but our goal is to be uh, somewhat aggressive over the next, well, this year, the year after, and the following year. Um, and if that means we have to package two, three uh, draft picks, even if they're significant picks, uh, to add some impact players along with uh, making sure we're developing our players. Uh, we're, we're committed to doing that. Uh, like I said, because it starts this year where we want to get that playoff experience. You, you came from an organization in Portland that uh, doesn't rebuild often these days, although, you know, maybe at the beginning of when you got there and then in Kamloops, we're a part of a, a, you know, rebuilding that organization to the point of being a very good team uh, last year as the Royal Cup hosts has, your how has uh, your approach to the overall organization build and going through a process like this changed from your early days uh, in Portland to Kamloops to what you're doing now in Spokane? What are some things that have changed for you? Well, I tried to, you know, I, I believe in that model. I mean, I, I learned that in, in Portland, um, was was able to carry that over into Kamloops. Um, and then trying to do the same thing in, in Spokane. I, I believe in the model. Uh, I think I've seen it work. And I'm not saying it's me, but just I've seen the organizations have success. Um, you know, it still is about development. I mean, you can draft players, you can draft really good players, but just because they're good or they're elite doesn't mean it just stops there. It's still our job to make them from a real good player to an elite player, an elite player to try to be a franchise player, um, and so on. So, you know, there's, there's a development plan in place. Um, there's certain type of players that we want. Um, sometimes, you know, the first year coming in, you, you have to maybe make some changes, um, and but you have to be kind of firm, I believe, with with how you want to build your teams, and you have to trust it. Um, and the same with with the coaches. You know, I think been fortunate over the years through my times, anyways, of having really good coaches and a development model. And I think it has to mirror the, how you want to play. You know, if we want to play a certain way, I think we need to make sure that we have our coaching staff is is aligned with that. Um, so I think. Uh, so when you ask if, if anything's really changed, I wouldn't say much has changed. Just I'm in a different spot, but to still have the same mindset, uh, the same focus, uh, whether that's from our players to our coaches to our scouting staff. You know, we all have to be on the same page uh, to make sure that uh, we're going to get to where we want to go. And, and I believe uh, I believe this year we'll 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 make an impact uh, based off last year. And then, like I said, the vision of over the next two years. But like you said, in Portland, we're consistent. Ultimately, that's our goal as well. Like, we want to be consistent every single year, and but still be towards the top. And, and again, having all these extra draft picks, if we need to uh, to use a few of those um, to give to give our team and give the players and the organization, the fans, a chance uh, to, to win, then, then that's what we're going to do. Uh, I... I, I should note, I mean, I, I certainly saw your coach go through a process like that successfully. Uh, Ryan Smith, when he was in Swift Current as an associate coach with the, that organization that eventually won a Western Hockey League championship, and then a part of, you know, a development process in Medicine Hat uh, with Willie Desjardins. So some great experience he had with uh, some excellent coaches there, like Mark Lamb and Manny Viveros and Willie Desjardins. What was it about... Uh, Ryan Smith that made him the right guy for this job and how you enjoyed working together. Yeah, I think, you know, going through the process, I think the big thing was just getting to know Ryan. Um, you know, I, I had talked to Manny. I had talked to Mark Lamb. I had talked to Willie Desjardins. I talked to people that uh, Ryan had coached with and everybody just talked about the quality of the person. I uh, still, you know, a fairly young coach in, in today's game, so to speak. And, uh, you know, he had been an assistant or an associate uh, for seven years in the league. So I felt, you know, that he's had real good experience. He learned from, from good coaches, real successful coaches. And, uh, you know, 
I think also having a little bit of continuity, um, you know, if there's a change, you know, you're, you're, you're I was coming in, so there's a new general manager, um, the coaching staff, you know, was, was maybe a bit of a change there. So I felt having continuity was important, but uh, um, overall, just how Ryan thinks the game, um, I think he's a real good communicator. He's, like I said, he's a tremendous person, um, you know, really cares about the players. I think in today's game, um, you know, you really have to get to know your players. Um, there has to be relationships with those players. I think, you know, you build those relationships and, you know, there's going to be challenges throughout the year, but if the players have a lot of trust in the coach as a person, anytime you have maybe some challenges, they know, and, and, you know, and you're having, you know, a debate, you're having constructive criticism, you're, you're trying to make the individual better. They know that that's coming from a good place. And uh, so I think Ryan just had all those, uh, all those kind of boxes checked. And, and I just felt that, you know, everybody I've talked to, he's earned the opportunity to be that coach. And and it's different. It's one thing when you are the assistant or, or an associate coach, but when you have to be the head coach, now you're making the final decisions and, you know, it's, it's, it's a learning process as well. So, you know, we kind of all did that together last year, um, so to speak. My first year in Spokane, his first year being a head coach. Uh, we brought an associate coach in from the Quebec League. Um, so it was his first year in the Western League anyways. And then uh, we hired a, a, a local coach who played in uh, Spokane, uh, Dustin Donaghy. And, you know, really last year was his first full year as an assistant coach. So, again, we all kind of did this together. And uh, but by doing that, we just we could tell early in this in the season, uh, uh, right before training camp, you know, we had a leadership uh, retreat and it just kind of set the tone for where we want to get to this year. And and so I think, it you know, it starts with Ryan and, uh, you know, I've been happy with with where he's at and and where he's going to get to. I I made this point on Pucklandy the other day that, you know, with some of the. some of the scandals we've had in our league all of a sudden and, and a few of them involving head coaches, it's uh, it's nice to have a guy in place that, you know, you don't have to worry about anything going off the rails or any sort of, uh, you know, anything bubbling up as far as, you know, friction between the players or, or you know, coming from the wrong mindset. And I think that's, you know, something it sounds like you're you're pretty fortunate to have with, uh, with your whole staff out there. Well, I think so. And it's, I mean, at the end of the day, you want good people. I mean, there's there's a lot of good hockey coaches, but you also want to make sure you have good people. You know, it's it's a long year, as we all know. We probably spend more time with each other than we do our own families, and and it's you know, so you want to you want to enjoy the people that you work with, because um, again, even from what I mentioned about the players, the trust. But I think he's, even as a staff, you know, we'll go through some challenges, and you know, we went through a lot last year, but we were supporting each other all the way through it and uh you know and i think that that's really important and i think for ryan too like he has you know he has a son and a daughter that are basically the same age as as our players so you know he really understands too that at the end of the day they're still teenagers they're still they're still gonna you know they're gonna make mistakes and and this and that and and you know how you handle that and and so i think i think for ryan that that really helps too because he's like I said, he has a son and daughter that are in the same same age group, and so he understands, uh, you know, just you know, the teenagers, how, how they are. How important to you is it that you guys all have somewhat of a, a winning championship background? You know, you when you're with the Winterhawks, the, the championship runs you guys had, and uh, Ryan with the Broncos and had uh, winning success in the MJHL as well, you know, bringing that to this team while in different positions uh, – do you think that helps you guys know how to target what you need to in order to be a winning organization? Well, I think, I think it does help. I mean, it, it, it's not the end all be all and it's kind of, it's interesting. And, you know, when we kind of put our staff together, I, I really, I, it didn't even resonate with me until we kind of started talking about everyone's experiences and that there was probably one common theme is that our staff, been part of a memorial cup uh run whether it was a championship or at least getting to the memorial cup and uh so that was that was pretty interesting but i i thought you know in different ways as as a player as an associate coach as 
assistant coach, and then even myself as at the time I was director of hockey operations. Like we all had different roles with with those organizations, and uh, and we learned a lot. So the, to bring all that together, um, I think I think is really neat, and and hopefully that's something that uh, you know our goals over the next couple of years. It's certainly gonna gonna help uh, help the organization of having that experience and understanding how hard it is. You know, it's hard enough just to get to the Memorial Cup. You have to pretty much win your league unless you're hosting. Um, so, you know, I think I think everyone's kind of gone through gone through those uh, highs and lows. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's really neat. But at the time, like I said, when we put the staff together, it wasn't something that was well. Let's get this person because he did this or did that. Um, it just happened to kind of be that way. So uh, yeah, it's pretty neat actually. A Nathan McKinnon hat trick away from from winning Memorial Cup too, in in, in your case. Yeah, yeah, that still burns. So, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, but no, I mean, having those experiences, it's you know, to, to have those opportunities, it's it's it doesn't happen every year, and and and, and you know, you're pretty fortunate when you're in that uh, that situation. So, uh, you know, I think hopefully. Uh, you know, those are things that we can help with our players as our team gets to the levels that we need to get to. And, and, and likewise, just, just, you know, and going back, even our players like this summer, when we talk about the draft picks we had, we were able to use a second and third round pick to acquire Connor roulette and Connor, you know, brings you know, five years. This will be his fifth year in the league has a lot of experience, adds a really nice skill set to, to our team has good leadership skills but the one real big intangible is he comes with 43 games of playoff experience that we don't have a lot of experience over the last few years. So, you know, that's pretty invaluable to have that and, um, you know, to, to bring somebody into our locker room that, you know, hopefully when we get down the road, when it gets to playoff times and we're in that environment that, uh, you know, some of that, uh, his knowledge and the challenges he's been through uh, highs and lows and stuff like that, that that's going to enable us to have some success as well. What did you see from your team in the later stages of last season that allowed you to make the big steps that you made and that you hope carries into this year? You know, I think uh, our, our team just grew together. I mean, it like I said, it's, it, it, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, some of the little things like, Towards the end of the year, we were in positions in our games where we were having to pull our goaltender, you know, whether it was a one- or two-goal deficit where maybe 20 games into the season, you know, quite frankly, we were, you know, we were down five or six goals and we just weren't in that position. But I thought our guys really battled hard. We made, you know, we made some trades. We moved uh, some some key players to to other organizations to acquire some uh, some draft capital. Um, I think after the trade deadline, this is what our team is. Um, I think everyone just kind of knew this is where we're going to be. Uh, that the coaches did a great job of, of preparing our guys. At the same time, we were the second youngest team in the league, so they did a real good job with the young players trying to fast-track their development, which will hopefully show this year. Um, and then even towards the end of the year, two of our key players got injured. I think with about 10 games left in the season, uh, Ty Sheveldayoff uh, suffered a broken jaw. And then uh, Sage Weinstein uh, suffered a shoulder injury. And uh, so, you know, they were two really important players on our roster in a challenging year that we didn't have for the last roughly 10 games. And I thought our guys did an incredible job of just competing and battling. And in saying that, doing that against teams that, not I wouldn't say loaded up, but they were adding to, but they were also trying to solidify their spot in the playoffs. So, you know, there was never an easy game, even though we were in tough, but we were never getting a, a, you know, a team coming in. They knew that they had to beat us to try to get home ice advantage or whatever. And our, I thought our team did a great job. Our guys, our coaches, everybody did a great job of just being really resilient. And, and I was proud of that. And, and the one thing I looked at trying to take a positive out of a, you know, a, a challenging year, but in this, after the trade deadline, our winning percentage, even though it wasn't high, but we had, I believe we were the second or third highest in the Western Conference, uh, just our, uh, the increase of our winning percent from, from where we were to where we got to. Um, 
so I was really happy with that. And again, I wasn't not saying we went from a 250 to a 700, but the fact that uh, you know we made a significant increase in our winning percentage um, after the trade deadline. So uh, you know, it's a credit to our players, credit to our staff, our coaches, everybody um, that you know they they still focus up the task at hand, and and uh, and I think that's going to help us this year and going forward. You know, we we touched on your your time in Kamloops, and you know, I thought about you know we've had you on the show at that point and talked about you know coming into a good situation as far as having a lot of good players and a lot of good prospects in the in the system, and and you went on to to build that into you know most of of what they went into the Memorial Cup with and and, and put together a real good team. I mean, is that kind of could you kind of see you know Berkeley Catton being that kind of a player as far as somebody that you you know, inherited, but, you know, makes your situation so much better as far as the, you know, the, the star that, that he appears to be developing into. I mean, what's, what's it like having, having, uh, having Berkeley Catton on your team? Well, you're right about that. I mean, when you, when you come into an organization and, and there's, there's a foundation that's there, there's players in place, even some of the veteran players that were in place. Um, it is exciting, but, but a player like Berkeley, who's really, really special, um, they don't come around very often, and you can just see, um, you know, the impact you can make on your team, on your organization. So, so certainly having someone like that is is really, really good. And Berkeley, as good of a player as he is, he's even a better person. Uh, it, it's just really exciting. So, so it is nice. Again, you know, he's a big part of what we're doing, and you know, we have to also remember he's only 17 years old as well. So. Um, you know, sometimes when he plays, I mean, he makes an impact of a of a 19 or a 20 year old. But um, but our goal is is you know to keep adding to you know to that age group or, or even the younger players. But also with our veteran players, you know, like I said, we want to put ourselves in a position to have success this year. And uh, but to build around a you know a player, you know, arguably a franchise player like Berkeley, certainly is nice to know. Uh, you start with two wins on the road against very good opponents in uh, Kamloops and Everett, uh, that's a great way to start the season. What did you see and what have you seen? I know it's really early, but what have you seen from your group so far? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, we're still evaluating a little bit. It's, it's interesting, guys. Like, I'm not sure if you really noticed it, but it's talking to other general managers, just people around the league, for whatever reason, it seems like this year there's been more players that have been away from their team at, at pro camps or, or getting extended looks than I remember in the past. And maybe it's not different, but it just seems like there's more teams. So, you know, in saying that, we were missing, uh, you know, that week and opening weekend, we were missing two players at NHL camp. Uh, we were missing another player with injury. I think Kamloops was missing three players. I think Everett was missing four, maybe five. So, you know, you're still you're still trying to evaluate and and see where everything is at. But I think I think the big thing, and I and I kind of spoke on it a little bit earlier. But uh, you know, right before training camp, we we did a leadership retreat. You know, with with the you know core group of of what we think our leaders are, and uh, just spent you know spent about a day and a half just. Uh, you know, talking to them, did a little bit of a team builder. But when we talked about leadership, we also wanted to get ownership from them, what their expectations are, what their goals are, um, how are we going to do that, how are we going to accomplish it, what do they need from us. Like, you know, and, and it really just seemed to set the tone leading right into training camp, which I thought training camp was really good, um, set the bar. And then went into exhibition, and now now into the season. And I think more, if anything, it's everything's. You know, I mean, hockey is a big part of hockey. Is the mental side of it. And I just felt that our guys are in a really good spot. Uh, you know, they seem happy. Um, they're excited to come to the rink. Um, you know, stuff like that. So that's where I, you know, when you ask what's what's different, or, you know, that that's what I see is maybe more just guys coming in with with a positive outlook, even coming off the challenge year. But I think they see where we're getting to. You know, the, you only had one home game so far, but, you know, pretty pretty big crowd, especially, you know, in Western League standards. I mean, you know, you feel you're getting, you know, good support from the community on this, 
this path that you're you're taking the team on as far as uh you know a, a, a rebuild that's that is going to take some time you th- you think you're getting uh you know patience from the from the fan base there yeah we're, we're really fortunate the the fan base here is incredible like even last year with with where we were in in, the, in our in the standings but we finished second in the league in attendance and uh and you're right i think if I'm correct, I think we had the biggest, uh, we've had the biggest uh, crowd so far this year, uh, in, you know, in the first three or four games of, of the league anyways. Uh, we were just a little over 8,000. And our, you know, on, on the business side, they do a tremendous job from, you know, from our president, vice president, certainly the ownership, uh, uh, our sales staff, uh, marketing, everything. Like, they do a, an outstanding job here in Spokane, Um and yeah, it's, you know, we're, that's what we're trying to do. Make sure the brand is really good. Um, but yeah, we have great support. Uh, the fan base, you know, they're, they're passionate. I think the one thing too, and you guys, you know, are certainly for Chad anyways, you see it down in Portland. I think there's always a little bit different, uh, atmosphere in the American market. You know, I think with, with the American fans, they like to have a good time. You know, they certainly want to win, but I think, you know, if they can walk out of the arena and it was a good experience for them, you know, they're going to come back. Um, I know my experience in Kamloops, which was certainly exciting, but it was different. You know, it's just, it's very, you know, everyone's just focused on what's happening and, and, and they really kind of, you know, evaluate it, critique it almost shift by shift. So, uh, um, but we're really fortunate to have the fan base and the support from the organization, the community. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been outstanding. I, I certainly noticed that in my travels when I was a broadcaster for Swift Current, how, how different the atmosphere was at the games. And one thing we've seen is the U.S. division has been a consistent strength of the league, both off the ice with crowds, but also on the ice, consistently the most competitive division. So, what have you seen from you know your time in Portland, Kamloops, uh, and now in Spokane that that's allowed the division to continue to be as strong and even get stronger over the years? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a really good question. I mean, I think if I go back to my time in Portland, you know the way Mike Johnston wanted to play, wanted to be successful, but it it almost seemed like after a while, other teams were maybe trying to maybe mimic the same style, um, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, the U.S. division became really, really competitive. Um, I know, like I said, in my time in Portland, like it seemed like every year you had to get through Tri-Cities or Spokane. Um, you know, Everett was always competitive. Seattle was, was certainly competitive. So, you know, I think just when teams are successful in their division, it forces the other teams to have to keep up. Um, you know, when I got to Kamloops, you know, you had, you know, Kelowna was always strong, Prince George, you know, they were starting to, you know, you could see a little bit of the signs of where they're at now, even even probably in my last year of, uh, of Kamloops. Um, but I, again, I think, you know, teams that are, that are having success or that are winning, a lot of times in the division, you, you know, whether you try to match that or not, but, but it forces you to be at your best as well. So, you know, I think you just... You know, you're trying to stay at the top, and you got to do what you have to do, and um, you know, and hopefully here in Spokane. And you're right in Spokane. It's and now even with 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 Wenatchee, you know, coming from Winnipeg, it's you know, I don't think there's another team in the league that can say they have three first round NHL picks in their lineup. So our division just got even stronger with a team like Wenatchee. So it's uh, I went from five teams to six teams. So it forces you to be at your best at all times. Yeah, I was going to touch on that with with, with uh, throwing in a, 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 a the league runner up get drops into into the division and you know for for teams that are that are building like yourselves or the or the Americans or or te- you know teams that are expected to be good like you know the, the Portland is it's like you know now you have another you know pr- fair, fairly serious obstacle. I mean, it's good for the travel. It's good for for marketing. It's it's good for the fans, but it's going to you know it just makes it that much tougher of a of a road to hoe than, than already was. Well, it is. And, you know, and like, yeah, I mean, Wenatchee is still going to be a really strong team, uh, regardless of the players that graduated. But, you know, the one thing that was always interesting in the Western conference is there were 10 teams and in the East were 12. 
And now that we've gone back, when I say we, the league's gone back to uh, instead of the division and the wild cards, but now it's just the conference. Before, you basically had to be better than two teams to get into the playoffs, and and now it's three. So it just, yeah, it it, it makes it even more competitive that uh, you know you have to be at your best, and uh, so so. But I think that's good. I think I think it's good for the league. I think it's you know like we just talked about when you asked the question about you know, trying to be at the top or uh, how do you get those teams to do that? I think just the success of the teams, the, the conference, the league itself, again, it forces you to be at your best. So I, I think that's healthy. What do you think of, uh, of Wenatchee's addition to the division? I mean, I, I know it was a very successful market in the two other leagues that, uh, that they played in. How do you think they, they fit in and a little bit of a natural rivalry developing with Spokane, you think? Well, I think it could be. I mean, it's, you know, certainly uh, the one thing that stands out on the surface is it's, it's nice for us when it comes to travel. Like, you know, Tri-Cities is, is just a little over three hours. But then, you know, basically Everett, uh, Seattle, and Portland. Portland was is the furthest, about five and a half. And Seattle and Everett, depending on the traffic, uh, once once you get on to, to I-5 or 405, it could be anywhere from a little over four to up to five hours. So uh, having Wenatchee, which is, uh, you know, close to three, uh, just a little bit short of three, um, is going to be nice. Uh, I think it will build a rivalry. I think, you know, obviously we still have that strong rivalry with Tri-Cities. And I'm sure, likewise, Tri- Tri-City and Wenatchee is probably going to build a rivalry as well. And, uh, you know, the good thing when you have good teams that just becomes an instant rivalry as well. So I think it'll be good. Um, you know, I've known Bliss Littler uh, for, for a long time. Uh, I think uh, they'll do a real good job. Um, they were, you know, fairly successful in the BCHL. Um, and, you know, they got a, they got a nice rink there. Uh, so I think they'll do a good job. I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, certainly going to be different for them this year. Just It's, it's just new going, going from a BCHL model to now a Western League model and having to deal with, with the draft and draft picks and stuff like that. But, but I know bliss has done that before, even in his time uh, in the USHL. So uh, yeah, you know, they've, they'll be, uh, I think, I think they'll do a good job there. Yeah. I've been personally following bliss's career for 20 years since, uh, since he was in the, the USHL was one of the first, first junior coaches. I really, you know, tried to, to, to learn from and, and learn how he, you know, handled his business and, and put together a, uh, a winning product out there in uh, in in uh, Tri City of the USHL, so it's always kind of you know interesting to see like if he would ever make the jump to this league. But you know the uh, you know he it, it was kind of the opposite. The, the the border crossed him. He didn't cross the border, right? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, yeah, it will be interesting, and I, I'm sure it's you know for him it's it's different too. It's you know, just everything, the league, how, like I said, how it works with the draft, um, everything like that. But you know what, like bliss, uh, we probably talked, Oh shoot. I don't know, seven, eight times over the past month, month and a half, just more so asking like, you know, how does this work? How does that work? Cause it's a lot different. There's, there's a lot more, you know, maybe regulations. Uh, there's, you know, things that you're just not used to. So it's one thing just to, just to have a team and get going. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of the administrative work, uh, just some of the league guidelines, stuff like that. So, um, but Bliss is a smart man. He's been in the hockey game for a long time. So again, I think uh, I think they'll have a good program there. Yeah, it's a first ballot hockey name too. But on on top of that, I, I, I wanted to reference back to you know you had a year with Philadelphia as an amateur scout. So speaking of looking at the perspective in another league and, and learning some things and bringing it back. I mean, you've scouted for a long time, but stepping away from the management role and then scouting for an NHL team and being a part of those meetings, did that at all influence uh, or change your view of the kinds of players you're looking for or things you're looking for because uh, of that time spent with an NHL team for a bit and, and that different perspective? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's, Yes, yes, and no. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're still trying to to build the best junior team uh, that we can. Uh, the product, um, 
you know, it's it's funny when you look over the course of over the years, you know, there's some players that dominate the Western Hockey League, and for whatever reason, it doesn't quite translate to the NHL. So I, I learned a lot, uh, even in that one year at the NHL, the type of players they're looking for, the, the value of being a complete player, um, you know, over my time, just learning from other players, like like even in in Portland when I, you know, when I got to work five years with Travis Green, and you know he was certainly a Spokane Chief alum, but you know I remember early on working for Travis, and he just talked about you know he was a pretty dynamic junior, but he realized really quick that uh, if he was going to be an everyday player in the NHL, he had to adjust his game. And Travis became a really good third-line center who could score, but had to kind of adjust his game. What he was in juniors wasn't really what he was going to be in the NHL. And so I think even then, that one year with Philadelphia, just learning what teams look for, um, the value of it, does it change my approach? I wouldn't say it changed the type of players I want, but I think what it really helped me understand even more it was just... The, you know the value of how important it is for uh, taking care of you know as a, as a forward being being aware in your D zone. Uh, just the importance, and not that it's not important at our level, but but if 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 you're not at least introducing it to the players at our level, it, it can be really challenged when they try to turn pro because it really hasn't been touched on. So I so I certainly had a great understanding, maybe appreciation of why that's so important and. You know, and even just at the NHL level, certain players that, like I said, are really good, and maybe for whatever reason, it's maybe it's not going to translate. Doesn't doesn't define them as a player. It's just it's it is amazing how hard it is to play in the NHL. Do you think though, because of that, and because we kind of have an idea what uh, you know an NHL player looks like in terms of you know build a basic NHL a foundation of an NHL player? Do you think? For players that don't meet those specific criteria, is there value to be found from a you know scouting and recruitment and drafting standpoint in major junior? Because you don't necessarily have to have an NHL player; you have to have a good junior. Yeah, no, you have to have a good junior, and I think you know again that comes back to development. You know, we could draft a really good player, but it doesn't end there. You still have to develop them in all areas uh, of of the game, even off the ice. Um, I do think, I do believe that, you know, and we talk to our players here in Spokane, you know, whatever you're the best at, be the best at that, like be elite at that. Because I think now, and you know, and I've listened to some people, even on the business side that kind of subscribe to that too, that, you know, they used to talk about be a well-rounded player, but sometimes that can almost turn you into just a, an ordinary player, but if there's something that you really stand out at that, that you're an elite at, um, you know, there's a good chance you're going to have an opportunity somewhere, whether that means that you're an elite scorer, you're an elite skater, you're an elite thinker, uh, you're an elite physical player. Um, you know, that may give you an opportunity because maybe there's, there's not enough guys that have such an elite skill set in that one area now that's not to say you don't work on the other parts of the game but again we talk to our players when we get a little self-evaluation or they have a self-evaluation what are you the best at okay well make sure you master that still work on other parts of your game but never lose the strength of of your individual game that's 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 really interesting it seems like you know the the traditional approach would be kind of the 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 opposite of that. That you know whatever your weak point is to work on it. But you know that that makes sense that there's probably a lot of guys that are good at, at that particular skill. But no, that's a, that's a really interesting uh, concept. I don't think I've heard it laid out like that before. Well, yeah, and, and again, that's not to say that you don't you don't work on the other things. So that that's really important because if you don't work on the other things, then you know, even if you're lead at something doesn't mean that you're, you're going to have a job, but at the same time, if that's what you're really good at, you know, then, okay, well, well, we can work with that player because nobody's, nobody else is as good as him on our team that does this. So we, we can, you know, that, that player is really important to us, you know, and again, I've heard, I've heard that even in the business world, whatever, you know, somebody's really good at a certain, uh, 
certain area in the, in the business world, you know, they're, they're, they're always going to have an opportunity somewhere because this is what they're elite at. Um, you know, same thing with, you know, with our scouts. Like if, if, you know, some scouts, maybe they have a, they, they feel more comfortable, whatever it is working with the U18 players than with the Bantam age players. Okay. Well, let's, let's maximize what they're good at and let's put them in that, um, give them some ownership in that area. And, uh, yeah. So I, you know, I, like I said, I kind of listening to some people listening to CEOs that talk about that. And then also at the same time, I think in, uh, you know, in the sporting industry, you still, still want to be good in, in a lot of areas, but, but make sure that, uh, whatever you're the best at, be a lead at it. How do you feel about where you guys are positioned in net uh, going into this season and, and how that lines up for the years you're talking about where you want to build towards? Well, I think we're really good. I mean, it's uh, we have two 18-year-old goaltenders, um, Dawson Cowan, Cooper Michaeluk. They were with us last year. Uh, you know, I thought they did a tremendous job, again, in a bit of a challenging year, but I think they grew a lot as, as goaltenders and, and as people. Um, and then right away at the beginning of the season, you know, training camp, uh, exhibition and so on, uh, we've really seen, you know, a different level from them, which is great to see. Um, now, again, I think in our potentially in our peak year uh, in 2026, that's when like Berkeley Catton would be 19 and all of our 06 birthdays would be 19. Now, uh, you know, Dawson and, and Cooper, they would be 20 year olds just if they're still in the league. But to have potentially, you know, a goaltender uh, that can play for us at 20 at, you know, at a year that we think would be, you know, towards the top of, of where, where we're at right now, um, I think would be really good. We did draft uh, with with the 22nd pick in the first round, last pick in the first round. We drafted a goaltender, uh, Carter Ressler, out of Okotoks. And he had a real good camp and real good exhibition. Um, so, you know, he could be ready as early as next year. It just depends on where we're at with our two goaltenders and, and go from there. But we know that we have somebody uh, that could be available to us as early as next year if we needed to. It's also a pretty interesting strategy as far as, you know, you said they're, they're, bo they're both 18s. I mean, as far as having two goalies that are the same age, you don't, you don't see that every, every day. But it's kind of, you know, it sounds like there's a method to that madness. Well, it just happened to work out that way. I mean, yeah, maybe, I don't know if it's not ideal or not. I, you know, I looked at over the last couple of years, even in Prince George, they weren't the same age, but, uh, you know, you know, Ty Brennan and, uh, and Ty Young, they were a year apart in age, but they were both really good goaltenders and, and ultimately gave Prince George a chance every night. You know, and I feel with our two goaltenders, it's the same thing going forward this year. I think, uh, I think they're both going to give our team a, a chance every night uh, to be in the game, and and you know, and and definitely give us a chance to win the game. So, how? I know you're probably still building towards that because you're a developing group. But how would you describe the way you guys want to play um, as you? get to the levels you want to be at? Like, do you have a distinct style uh, approach that you want to have uh, for an organization? Well, I still like, I mean, I believe well, I in, like uh, you know, I guess when you say we want to play fast, that's probably maybe overused a bit, but we do want to play a fast game. But I think I think with that, it, it comes to, you know, our, our puck skills. I think by playing fast isn't so much skating fast but it's also the puck, like passing and receiving, being able to, to be clean on breakouts, uh, in transition, on entries, um, you know, stuff like that. I still, we still put a very, very high value on hockey sense. Um, you know, I think it's, it's critical. You certainly want to skate, compete, and have skill. But in today's game, it's so fast that if you can think the game really, really well, um, you know, it, it just makes the game easier for you. Sometimes it almost feels like it slows the game down for you you just just things you know you just see things in, in a different a different light so to speak um and if you can think quick you can play quick um so that's how we do want to play that's not to say that we're not a you know like we never dumped the puck in like sometimes you know we have to do that we can play fast that way it's making smart uh smart decisions on you know chipping the puck in and and going to get it and and you know 
you got to play the game. Uh, you also have to adapt a little bit to who you're playing against. It's not always going to be maybe the way we want to play, but uh, but but at the end of the day, we want to play quick. We want to be a skilled team. Uh, we want to be a really really smart team, and 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 you have to compete. You have to be competitive. You know, we've we've talked quite a bit about you know developing these players once once you can identify talent and and growing them into things. When you're with with Portland, you did you guys were well known for you know listing players and finding players that you know kind of off the radar and and developing into uh, re- recruiting them for one thing and then developing into, into you know really skilled you know contributors to to the hockey club. You know, do you, do you anticipate having success in 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 that path as far as you know some of these you know uh, undrafted you know lesser known guys that you can maybe turn into you know really good Spokane Chiefs. Well, you know, I hope so. I mean, obviously the draft is, is the, the bloodline to a team, um, or the lifeline, I should say, to the team. Um, but it doesn't stop there, much like the development side. Like, you know, we still have to find players that, you know, for whatever reason maybe didn't get drafted um, a year down the road. You know, they've they've made an impact, and so we can list them. Um, so we have to go through that obviously trading is is one way of doing it as well we certainly like to build within our own but uh but there's nothing wrong with with adding to your group through the listing process and and even through acquiring player here and there as well so yes we'd like to do that um you know i think my time in portland we really did tap into the american market um maybe a little bit further ahead than other teams were at the time but at the same time we were quite aggressive like I remember when I left Portland, I think I think there were 25 players on the college list. You know, people would say, "Oh, you get all the Americans." Well, there were still 25 that never came. So, you know, I think we got fortunate over over a few years where we had a run of of you know play like as far as a list or a draft that came after Seth Jones, but then Caleb Jones came at 18. At 18. Uh, uh, I think uh, Jack Doherty came at 19. Uh, Blake Heinrich came at 18, even uh, uh, Jack Doherty. Uh, I think I said Jack. But uh, anyways, we had some players that were on our college list that came at 18 or 19. And, you know, we're starting to add some players to our college list. Um, you know, and, you know, you'd love to get the players at 16. But even if that means they don't come till 18 or 19, then that's fine as well. Um, I think at the end of the day, we just want to focus on trying to get the best players in our opinion, who they are. So that way, if they do decide to come at 18 or 19, then uh, we never have to question if, you know, if they're good enough or is there an opportunity for them. How different a process is it with an American American player talking through the, you know, the differences between the NCAA and the Western Hockey League and the education package and all that stuff because the NCAA is a lot more cultural down in the U S uh, a part of the culture down in the U S than it is in Canada. So is it a lot different converse of a conversation with American players? Um, you know, I think it's starting to, the gap starting to close a little bit than what it was even 10, 15 years ago. Um, I think, I think in general, people are a lot more educated on it. Now in saying that we still have to explain it. Uh, they have to understand you know, I think I think the big thing is maybe trying to explain to uh, to players that are maybe considering the NCA route. It's not so much the education, but it's playing maybe university hockey up in Canada. Like, you know, unfortunately, it's still not a well-known uh, option. You know, for for a lot of a lot of players, and it's it's quite quite a good league considering some of the players. Like we talked about before, some guys are you know, top 10 scores in our league, maybe just for whatever reason, don't turn pro, but now they're playing university hockey up in Canada and, and it's pretty good hockey. And even every year, I think a couple of schools, two or three schools will play, you know, exhibition games against some of the top NCAA programs. And they're usually fairly competitive games. So um, I think there, that area of, of educating uh, players and parents, families on that has to get better. I think there. I think there's a, a better understanding of just the education part, the package, the scholarship. I think there's a better understanding of that right now. 
um, than what it used to be. And it's funny going back to, to Bliss Littler. I know an exhibition talking to him, and now that they're on this side of it, you know, he said he's talked to a lot of his peer group of people to just say, oh, like, yeah, this this is actually a pretty good package, you know. So it's, you know, I think I think in some ways that could really help our league is is with Wenatchee and and with Bliss just being in our league, being able to maybe inform you know, other people about it because he's certainly seen it on the other side. Well, and I don't know if this is at all the responsibility of the junior leagues, but I agree with you. The the quality of Canadian university hockey is really high, but it's just not quite on the radar of the fan um, and even of the players. So is there, is there something you think the, the junior leagues can do for their benefit to help, you know, sort of promote and, and, and push the the value of those leagues or the, of those teams. Yeah, I think I think it's just yeah, think, it's just constant communication, a little bit of the marketing. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you know, we're still selling when players are coming to the Western League. You know, players are coming because they think this is going to give them the best chance to be a pro. You know, but we let them know this is the great thing is you're going to get every opportunity to try to be a professional hockey player, and if it doesn't work out. Now the education piece is taken care of. No different than you go the NCA route. It's just we do ours earlier, you know, and, you know, we, we do the hockey side, and if it doesn't work out, you have the college, and it's flipped the other way. You go NCA, you're going college, and hoping that you turn pro. So to me, it's really no different outside of just the experience. Um, you know, I've, you know, I've, we've been involved with a couple of players, and I really appreciated their approach when they would say, you know what, we have no issue coming to your organization, but my ultimate goal is to play hockey at an NCAA university. That's what I really want to do. And when, when they tell you that, it's like, what do you say? Like, I respect that. Now, if they were to say, we think that's going to help us, help me get to the NHL or whatever, well, then I think that's when we can say, well, we, this is why we think our option's good. But if a player or a family says, you know, it's just, it's been his goal to always to play at an NCAA institution or, or you know, university, you know, I, I can appreciate that. Um, but I think I think we can still communicate that. And even, I, I think one of the differences, too, is, you know, with the World Junior Caps is when they started playing, you know, an all-star team from the universities. And, and we were seeing some of those scores in some of the games. And it seemed like that started to, to gain a little bit of traction. Like, oh, like, well, these guys are pretty good. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're even beating uh, a world junior team and stuff like that. So I think, you know, I think as a league, um, we can we can continue to, to, to market that. I, I think they're certainly discussing it, and, and it's it's out there. Um, but I think we can just be more more persistent with it without, without you know, we, we still, like, I still feel it's our responsibility until a player graduates from, the Western Hockey League or with, with the team, you know, certainly in Spokane, we want our players to still believe that there's a chance they're going to play pro, you know, and, uh, but to know in the back of their mind that they've got a backup plan. If it doesn't work out, then they can go play university hockey. You know, Matt, we've, we've kept you for some time and maybe you should think about moving this towards the end. But, you know, when we started this conversation, you know, you, you mentioned that you're real comfortable in Spokane and, and close to your your daughter's school and you know i know that that's one thing that's been you've been really consistent about over the years is is your dedication to to your family and trying to to maintain that work-life balance i know that was really hard for you and cam loops with the you know the situation that you know all of us were in at the time and, and and your situation in particular i mean you know how's that how's that been as far as settling into a more of a you know that work-life balance that you're that we're all looking for, but that you, you've, you've found here in, in this step in your journey. You know, yeah, it's, it's been good. I and mean, you're right. It was, that was a really, really hard decision back in Kamloops to leave. I mean, you know, probably in some ways selfishly on the, for me on the hockey side, you know, being part of an organization team that we were building to where, you know, where the team was last year, like to, to walk away from that was really, really hard. But at the end of the day, the family is the most important. And, and you're right. And everyone was going through it. So it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't, oh, you know, woe is me. But in our situation, being in Kamloops and, and during COVID with the border restrictions. And at the time, you know, my daughter was five and my our son was two. 
and our families really hadn't been able to even spend much time with us, let alone the, certainly with the kids. So, you know, it was a really, really hard decision, um, but it was one that I just felt was important. Uh, I was really, really fortunate that shortly after that, uh, you know, I was offered an opportunity to join Philadelphia, so that was nice. And then, uh, and then get this opportunity with Spokane because I really, I really do enjoy the management side. Um, I love being around the organization, the people, the staff, the players. Um, I really enjoy trying to to be a part of of a staff that's building teams and 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 molding players into the type of players they want to be or need to be. Um, it's 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 a lot of work it's a lot of sacrifice uh but it's but i really really enjoy it so i think being in spokane the fact that obviously we're american and being trying to be close to our family it just seemed like it was a it was another good opportunity i can honestly say all my years in portland when i would go with the team to spokane we would go the night before but we never really got to venture out to the city we would just get to the hotel and go to the rink and then and then and then we were gone so when when this opportunity came up, I just didn't really know much about Spokane as the city. Um, I think once once people heard that I was potentially uh, coming here, I did hear from a few GMs and some people that I really trust in the hockey world, and they just talked about Spokane. Said you'll absolutely love it. It's a great place to raise a family. It's a really good city. Um, I'd never been to Coeur d'Alene before. It's Coeur d'Alene's pretty pretty amazing you know we're only 40 minutes uh, from Coeur d'Alene uh, we go up to Sandpoint every year a couple times during the year that's about another maybe an hour away and uh, it's 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 a really good city um, great fan support as we talked about the arena is incredible uh, the ownership uh, president the people that I get to work with and work for are as good as they come um, and I think, as you mentioned, Chad, family family is important. But I think what was really endearing to uh, to to myself and to my family was just the family atmosphere from this organization in Spokane. Like you feel it, we're all part of everything. It's not just the the business side and the hockey side. It's it's all one big big family, and it's it's really really nice. I mean, like I said, we spend a lot of times, make a lot of sacrifices, um, but to know that you're working for uh, for a, a team but but you know that everyone uh, cares about everybody it's 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 quite nice so we feel really fortunate to be here well and, and on, a, on a final thought for me you know you had to leave Kamloops in the middle of your build does that create a little extra hunger now that you're in another one in the process of another build to be able to to see it all the way through and finish what you started well, you do. I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day, you still like even where Kamloops was, you know, you, you, you take some pride that you, you had some part in it for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think at the end of the day, it's just like player, like any, I think anybody in this business, very, very passionate. So you always want to win. And even if that means that you have to sacrifice a year of, 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 you know, some hardships, but knowing where you're going to get to, it's just going to make it that much better. So, yeah, I think, I think no matter what, even though, you know, personally for me, selfishly for me, that I, I wound up leaving an organization that was about to hit the peak of it. Yeah, that was hard. Does it give me any more motivation? I don't know if it does because I feel that I'm pretty motivated as it is that, you know, I want to do the best job I can do for, for our organization, for our staff, for our players, uh, for our fans, everything. So, so I'm always motivated that way. Um, I think if anything, hopefully gives me a little bit of confirmation that to see where the team went in Kamloops that, okay, well, we can do this again. And just with a different organization, because like you mentioned earlier about, you know, having someone like Berkeley, I know when I got to Kamloops, it was no different. There was a player named Logan Stankov and that was about to turn 16. So being part of that coming into, so you can just, uh, so there's a little bit of similarities uh, as far as the foundation uh, with, with the two organizations. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite motivated. I, I don't know if it's, if that gives me any extra motivation, um, but certainly, certainly want to be part of it. Cause I know that time in Portland when we lost in the, championship game as much as that stung it still stings and that certainly keeps you motivated every year as well i love it 
Well, it was really uh, really nice for you to give us uh, your time there, Matt. I, I appreciate it. It's always interesting having you on and, and seeing, you know, what makes you tick and, and what kind of, uh, you know, philosophy you're applying towards the, the Spokane Chiefs and, and as they as they begin their, their ascent into a, a really good hockey team down the stretch. Well, I appreciate it, Chad, and I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always great to talk to you. Just so you know, Chad, uh, I uh, let my wife Stacy know I was going to be talking to you, so she wanted me to make sure that uh, she said hi to you. So. Yeah, it was. I, I, I still miss her. It was nice, nice having her around in the, uh, in the in the ticket office when when things arose. But uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you guys get to get to spend time together as as uh, as things should be. So that's uh, that's that's good. All right. Well, thank you uh, very right. much for having right. me on. Yeah, I appreciate the support and all the best on the show. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Matt.